step into the sound of the start of Christmas football in the EFL. This is the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show, sponsored by Betfair. We're coming to you early this week because, well, festive football means fixture list anarchy. And there's a full round of fixtures. One game's on Thursday night, quite a lot on Friday night, and then plenty, of course, on Saturday, the 23rd of December, as well. I'm Ali Maxwell, with me George Alec making betting picks for these matches. So this podcast is very strictly for over 18s only and those of you who are listening and thinking of having a bet this weekend or anytime, please make sure that you understand the risks that come with gambling and make sure that you are gamble aware. Hi George, feeling festive? You did well last week. Feeling yeah, this is me being festive by saying hello listeners, Ali did well last week. That's... Merry Christmas. Kind, thank you. It's okay. An early gift. Uh, Yes, a nine-point profit week for me was very pleasing. Mainly thanks to uh, Watford and more specifically Edo Kayembe. Eight to one winning long shot pick and Watford winning 5-1 as my nap at Preston. Jason Knight did not score and the rules dictate that we do not pick a goal scorer three weeks in a row. So we'll have to <laughs> leave Jason Knight behind this week. George, I, I'm going to be sympathetic to you. Yeah. I was going to say, is there anything worse than audio content and people complaining about their unlucky losers? But I'm going to do it anyway. Well, why don't we flip it and I'll just... Because you're right, it's not nice when you hear people bleating on about misfortune. And I'm not normally that sympathetic to your hard luck stories, but your week was quite funny. Bristol City was your winner, next best, 11-5 against Sunderland. Very good pick, that. Your nap, Cheltenham, also my next best, with 10 men for over an hour. We were 1-0 up, conceded two deflected goals late on against Leighton Orient. Uh, Mustafa Bundu, your goalscorer pick, didn't start, but did come on in the 36th minute. So in theory, had an hour to play and score. In a game where his team scored three goals. Got crunched and injured after nine minutes, subbed yeah. off 43. Uh, Shrewsbury-Portsmouth, 2-0 correct score. Your long shot at 7-1. to one. Spot on in literally everything that you said in your build-up to that. Um, but Abu Kamara got greedy, scored a third goal for Pompey in the 84th minute to make it 3-0. So uh, a losing week for you. But it does make me think your underlying numbers must be decent. You're not far off. So hopefully we'll see that uh, come to pass. What's your best bet this week? Same again. I'm back in Cheltenham at 5-2 to two, uh, to win this weekend I don't think you know everything we said last week about them improving and how much better they are under Daryl Clark is still true I don't think being beaten 2-1 at home by Leighton Orient when you're down to 10 men so early in the game is anything to be concerned about um, you know Benjamin Williams was sent off after 18 minutes in the game um, but actually when you look into it I think there's even more cause to believe that they are a better side off the back of it if you look at the game itself Leighton Orient had one shot between the 24th and the 80th minute and that shot ranked with a 0.01 xg so despite being 11 against 10 and being the team with 10 men they were able to completely nullify Leighton Orient's attacking threat and in doing so scored a penalty as well through Will Goodwin and were the more likely team to score in that period as well so um, I thought that they were mightily unlucky and, and I you know as I said on the Monday show I think them going ahead probably created an environment in the, within the game where Orient were able to, to kind of step up and come back into it as they were suddenly protecting a lead. But there's nothing about that at all that, that makes me concerned or makes me think that our positivity around um, around them was, was misguided. They do have to sort out their defensive, sorry, their, their um, disciplinary record because that's the second home game in a row where they've had a man sent off. But they come up against a, uh, sorry, a Carlisle team here. This is a massive game for Cheltenham. Carlisle, one of the teams, you know, they're currently down in the relegation zone who they can try and chase down. 
and um, Carlisle come into this in pretty poor form. You know, they came very close to beating Northampton at home last time out. They drew two all. They haven't won a game since the, the uh, since October the 24th in a 2-1 win over Burton Albion at home. They've been beaten by Bristol Rovers at home last time out. They had a one-all draw against Charlton too. But they're a team who have only won two games at home all season. They've only won three games all season. They've been well beaten by Reading. They've been well beaten by, by Blackpool in, in two of their last three. Like that. You know, things might change in January with the new ownership. We've already seen Luke Armstrong announced as a, a player they'll be signing in Jan from Harrogate, which is a decent signing. But in my eyes and in my mind, Cheltenham are, are comfortably the better side or better performing side at least mm. between these two right now. Five to two is a huge price, uh, especially when Carlisle's home form isn't... I mean, Carlisle's away form is really bad, but Carlisle's home form isn't isn't particularly good. You know, it's not, there's nothing there that's saving them. So... Yeah, I think five to two is is massive. I mean, I wouldn't personally be far off thinking that Cheltenham should be favourites for this. Well, I agree. And one of my New Year's resolutions is to stop doing this. But I am picking Cheltenham, this time draw no bet, as my next best. My New Year's resolution is going to be to try and stop mirroring your naps with my next best because I don't think it's uh, particularly exciting or interesting. We'd want to try and provide a a breadth of picks. Having said that, we do our research individually. We make (laughs) our picks for for our own personal reasons. So it's hard to then, um, you know, chuck it out just because you've picked it. But Cheltenham draw no bet is uh, 2.55, 31 to 20 with the Betfair Sportsbook. I also took last week as a positive in terms of how I rate Cheltenham, that defeat against Orient, not a negative. I think it was a good game game plan, good spirit they showed to get ahead, and they were holding out fairly well, and, and it was two ranked deflections to lose. Carlisle have lost six of their last nine. Uh, I don't think this is going to be pretty. The reason I've gone and draw no bet is because I'm not expecting Cheltenham to smash Carlisle by any means, but I think they are a, a better, more confident team right now. So to take the draw out, which is what I'm doing um, for what I'm expecting to be a pretty low margin game and to get 2.55 for Cheltenham to be on the right side of that. Very keen. Uh, no early red cards this time, please. <laughs> Daryl, just love what you're doing. I'm sure you're giving some great pre-match team talks and the team are clearly very motivated. Maybe let's just take it down. 5%. Uh, Hull City are my nap at 2.7. 17-10. They're playing away at Bristol City. And I think Hull are in very good shape right now. They're, they're clearly in good form. Uh, and as a team, just getting better and better under Liam Rossinia. It's a team that's been put together with great ambition. A lot of quality individual players who've been bought for good transfer fees and or given very competitive salaries compared to other non-parachute payment teams. And on top of that, they've got a great manager. So previously, last season, very ambitious transfer business, but Shotaravaladze was in charge of them and wasn't getting the best out of them. Rossinia, bright young thing, proving to be exactly that. And the team seemed, to my eyes, to be getting better uh, month on month right now. They're also coping surprisingly well without Jaden Philogene, who, before he was injured, I think was performing among the best in the division and was just an absolutely incredible attacking threat for them. I think there's a bit of logic to the fact that they're performing well without him and in particular one player in Scott Twine who has scored three goals in five games uh, one of them a trademark free kick one of them a, a tap in half a yard out when he really needed some confidence uh, and a nice finish in between those I think there's probably an interesting argument that Twine and Philogene don't complement each other particularly well that actually they take up fairly similar areas of the pitch Philogene being quite a selfish player for good reason and Twine probably uh, similar in terms of him being the one that's more keen to take the shot rather than create a shot. I'm not sure that Twine necessarily was able to perform his best with Philogene being the main man, but uh, so far so good without him. He's operating on that left-hand side now. He's got three and five and it allows 
Ozan Tufan to come in and play in a, in a number 10 role, which clearly suits him pretty well. Um, other quality has been in midfield. Seri and Tyler Morton have developed an, a really, really good partnership. Morton's performances have been magnificent. Uh, Liam Delap's been... He's been a lot of things this season. Overall, he's been an absolute handful. He hasn't always been a, a major goal threat, but he has scored some big goals and he's put in some eye-catching displays. Rosinha keeps occasionally sticking him out on the right wing. He just seems to have the sort of physicality, um, speed and acceleration on the ball to be able to beat players and uh, and create chances as well as um, be a goal threat. And, and that's what he did setting up Connolly in their last game. So for me, uh, they're a good few months ahead of this Bristol City side in terms of the way that they play, how automatic the movement is, the passing, the patterns of play. Uh, and they've got the fifth best away record in the league, five wins from 11. So they have been good at picking up all three on the road this season. Uh, Bristol City... Under Liam Manning so far, I mean, almost all of their games have been very tight. And within them, they've had some poor spells in games that have been punished. They've had some poor spells in games that haven't been punished. They've had some good spells in games where they haven't made the most of it, particularly the game we were at against Southampton away. And they've had some good spells in games that have seen them get ahead and win. So it's two wins, two draws and three defeats. I think the underlying numbers reflect broadly what we expected, which is that they are a below average team at the moment for chance creation in the championship, but an above average team defensively. They're not giving a huge amount away and there's been a tweak in style as well. So I think Manning's done a fairly good job so far, although I'm not sure the fans are quite so sold. Doing quite a lot of tweaking, Manning, in terms of personnel, working out who fits in which positions and roles. Um, so still kind of, yeah, making some tweaks under the hood, shall we say. So I'm expecting a, t a pretty tight game as well, given Bristol City's home advantage, but leaning towards Hull, uh, I think they have the better individuals and I think they're more sure of themselves as a team in, in terms of style and game plan right now. So the price is nice enough for me to want to play it as my best bet. 17 to 10, 2.7 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, make sure that you're aware of this season's offer from Betfair. That's the match odds 90 market. These are the markets with the 90 icon on the Betfair Sportsbook. And if you back a team on this market, it means that if that team is winning, when the clock hits 90, You'll be paid out as a winner no matter what happens in added time, even if they concede an equalising goal. Now, you can build Ackers with Match Odds 90 market as well. Make sure you understand the terms and conditions before you use these markets. The Match Odds 90 market from Betfair this season. George, what's your next best? My next best is Salford at 2-1 to one, who go to Colchester. And again, I, I kind of think they should be favourites to win this game. Um, their recent form is really poor and there's no denying that you have to go back again the same date that I mentioned a second ago. You had to go back to to get a, a victory. Um, the 24th of October was when Salford last won a league game. They went to Doncaster. They won the game 3-0. Since then, it's been fairly poor. We've seen 3-0-0 draws um, against AFC Wimbledon, Stockport and Barrow and they've lost three games as well. But I think when you look at the actual run of games that they've had and the difficulty of those games, Barrow, Mansfield, Gillingham, MK Don, Stockport, Bradford and AFC Wimbledon, you've got a group of sides... Sorry, the, the Bradford game was, was postponed. Um, so taking out them, you've got a group of sides there who I think all can expect, or at least are aiming to finish in the top seven, Gillingham, the ones at the moment who are sliding a bit, but it's as hard a run as a team is probably going to have in League Two this season in terms of, of, of quality of opposition. Now, there's no denying Salford have been very disappointing this season and they haven't lived up to the promise of last season where they were beaten playoff semi-finalists, but their wins this season have come against the poorest teams in the division. In fact, they've played four of the teams currently occupying the bottom seven spaces with them. 
They beat Doncaster 3-0. They beat Tranmere 4-3. They beat Forest Green 2-0. They beat Sutton 2-0. So they're a side who have made kind of light work of the poorer teams in the league. They haven't played any of them at home yet this season either, which I think will see them rise away from, from danger. You know, they're currently down in 20th. I think there's no way, unless something changes, they panic or whatever. I don't think there's any chance they're going to end up in the... Uh, you know, in, in danger of getting relegated, especially if that away form reflects into the home form. So um, I am pretty bullish that we don't have to be too concerned about what, what came before. There's still a lot of quality in the side. You know, Matt Smith, one of the top goal scorers in the league, um, Elliot Watt now playing regularly. Like the squad isn't that different and the team isn't that different to last season. Obviously, Neil with the manager is, or the head coach is still, is still there too. With Colchester, it's a massive churn. You know, Matthew Etherington is there new manager he got the gig after a decent caretaker spell as is often the case after three consecutive victories he got the job and then things have unraveled they've lost five games in a row the last performance at Wrexham was better but it was massively helped by the fact that Wrexham were down to 10 men really early in the game after having gone ahead within the first 10 minutes so you know we're seeing still some exciting attacking play from Colchester as you'd expect with the likes of Tavide and, and Fevrier in their side got a lot of young talent there but defensively they're really really lacking so yeah I mean these are two teams on the face of it embroiled in a relegation battle who are in poor form but in Colchester's example yeah again the, the fixtures have been difficult they played Rex and they played Barrow they played Stockport two of the defeats came against Doncaster and Crawley less so but it's just the manner of the defeat and the way that teams are finding it so easy to score against them. Like at least in, in Salford's case, those three nil-nil draws against decent sides suggest a level of defensive aptitude that I don't think Colchester have. So I think Salford are comfortably the better side. I think they'll finish a fair way above Colchester come the end of the season. I don't think the odds reflect that at this stage. Before we move on to our goal scorers, a brief mention for something quite exciting that's coming up for our subscribers on the long shot. This is the... Uh, newsletter that we run it's kind of the the sibling of the betting show it's a weekly tip that we put up on there and it's aimed at building a long-term portfolio mm. over the outrights as the EFL season has developed it's been really really good first half of the season for us on there and we're rewarding our paid subscribers with a bit of fun over Christmas we are indeed yeah this has been um, a really enjoyable project so far we've had some good stuff on there already Ali you put up Sammy Smodic's top championship goal scorer at 150 to 1 mm. he's now currently favourite and top of the charts I think about it every day Goffey put up uh, AFC Wimbledon and Stevenage uh, in a top half double at a, big, at a fair price that is now basically already won uh, it's 1.1 I think now with the best price with the bookies we put up Peterborough to win League One and to get promoted at thirteen to one and nine to four, who are now kind of uh, nine to two and 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 around even money marks. So there's there's loads in there that's gone well so far. Some not quite so good, although my Watford shout from early in the season has kind of improved as time has gone on. Um, and we have a big promotion for this where we wanted to say thank you to those who already subscribe and hopefully attract a few more people to have a look. Um, where we're doing twelve bets of Christmas. So starting on Christmas Day, there'll be 12 bets in 12 days across sports. So not even just EFL. So we're kicking off with a dart selection. We've got a couple of um, tipsters or pro punters that you may have heard of. Goffey will be doing another uh, football one at some point over the course of the, the, the 12 days. But we've got Andy Holding, who's odds checkers, racing tipster, doing a horse racing one. We've got Nile Lyons, who's odds checkers, golf tipster, doing a golf one. We've got Craig Edwards, who's a tipster and snooker, doing one. Loads. You know, we've got... Dart, snooker, tennis, cycling, golf, got the Euros, uh, horse racing, NFL, all covered, including EFL picture from you, myself and Goffey. So 
should be value for money in terms of the 12 selections you get there. It remains 20 quid a month um, to uh, subscribe. And after the 12 days, usual service will resume, which will be an email every Tuesday with an EFL pick. The Long Shot on Substack. Uh, the URL is thelongshot1.substack.com. Uh, it'd be great to see you signing up in front of our 12 bets of Christmas, which starts is, uh, starts on Christmas Day. Uh, so for a goal scorer, Kean Spence of Barrow to score at Crew Alex. Crew have been a crazy fun team this season. Uh, tons of goals for and against. Tons of late goals, mostly in their favour. Um, they are... One of the most entertaining teams in the whole of the EFL. They do concede quite a lot of goals. And in particular, the reason I've picked a Barrow player against them this week is because some pretty concerning errors from their goalkeeper, Harvey Griffiths, over the last few weeks uh, came to a head last weekend against Accrington, where two of Accrington's goals were really poor bits of shot stopping. They, he just looks quite low on confidence at the moment, a young goalkeeper, and there were two, you know, he's being targeted by Accrington with long shots, and it was a good uh, strategy because two of them ended up with Aki goals. Now, for Barrow, there's one player in particular that stands out when it comes to uh, being the one that takes shots from range and has the quality to score them, and that's Kean Spence. He's already grabbed quite a few uh, this season. He scored a, a beauty uh, against Swindon last week, which probably wasn't even in his top two goals of the season, um, and I have absolutely no doubt that Pete Wilde, who always sets his team up to do well, uh, well, always sets his <laughs> team up well, he'll have had a look at this and he'll be looking at the, the best long-range shooter in his team in Kean Spence and saying, let's test out this goalkeeper a little bit. So uh, at 9-2, 5.5 with the Betfair Sports, but Kean Spence is my goal scorer pick this week, the most uh, attack-minded, I'd say, of the Barrow uh, central midfield players. Kean Spence, George. Yeah, Scott Twine for me, 4-1. to one. I agree with everything you said about Hull earlier. I think they will cause Bristol City some serious uh, issues. And when you look at Twine, it was a big surprise to see that he didn't score in the league for Hull until the end of November. But he's got three in five now. We score, saw him score a brilliant free kick uh, last time out against Cardiff. As you say, he, him and Philogene do um, kind of occupy similar spaces. But I think we're seeing him play from take up more central uh, positions rather than out on the left where he was a lot at the start of the season, put out on the right a bit too. And if you look at his shot locations, in the last kind of five weeks compared to prior in the, in the campaign, beforehand it was a lot of shots from range, like a lot of shots from range and not very much in the box. We're now seeing, I think, 70% of his XG from open play has come in the last five games so far this season, which in itself shows he's getting into better goal-scoring areas. He's someone that we know can be prolific. Like, There's no reason why his three goals in five games is going to be a, a short purple patch, um, even if you know he isn't quite as shot-heavy as he used to be. So, yeah, I, th- I think 4-1 to one isn't reflective of the position that he's playing for Hull. I think it's reflective of Hull's chances to, to score goals in the game and his current form. So, yeah, twiny, 4-1. to one. Potsy is my long shot. Brad Potts to score any time at... Uh, 11 to 1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, this game's on Friday night. It's Swansea uh, against Preston. I don't really rate Preston North End. Uh, that was probably clear picking against them last week. Uh, but I don't really rate Swansea either. And I think they're in a bit of flux at the moment, having seemingly been turned down by Chris Davis, uh, the Tottenham coach, who was clearly on their uh, shortlist for the new manager. So it, it's still no new manager in place for this game unless someone gets appointed in the next 36 hours or so. Um, they're pretty leaky, Swansea. I don't think they really convince defensively. Um, but also this is just based on something that I think I've picked out from Preston in the last couple of games. Uh, Liam Miller 
has been by miles their brightest attacking spark in the last few games. Uh, Miller is, is a left-sided attacking play, sometimes plays left wing-back when they want to sort of try and attack the opposition. He sometimes plays a bit further forward as well and with a, a more natural left wing-back behind him. But basically their attack, as far as I can see in the last couple of games, has been get it to Miller, let him dribble, carry it miles down the left wing and then swing it across, either cutting back and, and delivering an, an in-swinger with his right foot or with his weaker left foot sort of hooking it into the box. So it's not an incredible strategy overall, I wouldn't say. But I think big Brad Potts, the right wing back, can be the spare man at the back post to score for Preston. He had two chances against Watford in the last game with this exact scenario, Miller crossing, Potts at the back post. And there's a tactical part of this as well. I'm guessing a little bit, but, but Swansea have played a back four for most of the season. They did switch in their last game against Borough, but I wonder whether that was possibly in reaction to Borough being a particularly strong attacking team. I wouldn't be surprised if at home to a PNE side that they really need to be beating, they go back to a 4-2-3-1 to try and attack PNE. And that will play into our hands here because with a back four, uh, with Preston attacking with, with wing backs kind of as part of a front five and Potts potentially being the extra man at the back post, Swansea's left back time and uh, got a great left peg, whips in a great cross, not very good defensively. So Potts will fancy that too. So uh, Brad Potts 11-1 to to score or any time is my long shot that's with the Betfair Sportsbook what's your long shot? Gasana had me at hello Ooh. or goodbye uh, 13 to 1 or 2 or more um, fancy Cambridge against Exeter I think Neil Harris has had an immediate impact in terms of certainly chance creation and had has been at the, at the front and centre of that he's in really good goal scoring form um, he's got uh, five goals in his He's got four goals in his last five games in all competitions. Mm. Um, he's scored two penalties in, in, in the two games under Harris so far. But actually, if you look at the opportunities that he's getting in the box, um, he's got one goal in open play from 1.3 XG. And I think he is basically the, the the person that Harris is building his whole attack around. It is This is a guy who can lead the line up front, who's a real physical presence. Let's get the ball wide and get the ball into his head, uh, which I think is a... Um, a tactic that worked pretty well for Harris with Steve Morrison at Millwall. You know, it's a tactic that I think is Harris's best means of attacking. And at the moment, it seems to be working with Cambridge. So against an exercise, he put in a really good display against Stevenage last time out and managed to get a point despite being down to 10 men. We know that they are prone to the odd, really poor defensive game. And I think Cambridge at home at times this season, early in the campaign under Bonner as well, have made their home form has been very good and they are able to, to dominate teams at home and, and, and kind of, be, uh, be pretty settled in their defensive shape too so I'm sure I have mate who is seemingly a bit of a confidence player like he for the most part he's disappointing but he does go through these patches of form that see him get moves to Ipswich and the like so um, he's obviously in the middle of one now and I reckon he looks like one of those yeah just if, if Cambridge do do what I think they are capable of doing here and, and beating Exeter well I think he'll be at the forefront of it so 13 to 1 hoping to repeat the trick from Alhamidi a couple of weeks ago. Mm, Alhamidi Ahadmi. Uh, so BTTS sixfold to finish us off. Uh, the sixfold is at 27.9, so just under 27 to 1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. BTTS, yes, sixfold. Uh, Sunderland v Coventry to start. I think a really good clash of styles for goals and for both teams to score. Coventry been playing with the handbrake off recently. 
been really good to watch. Uh, Callum O'Hare's return has been a big part of that. He didn't start last week away at Leeds, but I expect that he probably will here uh, against Coventry. And Ben Sheaf's been attacking really well from midfield in recent times. Sakamoto is loving the new formation. Uh, Hadji Wright's getting chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. <laughs> Not taking a lot of them, but is still a big threat. And Ellis Sims... I still hold out hope that he can uh, kick on and find another gear. And maybe away at Sunderland, his former team, will be the place for that. Sunderland themselves playing their first game under Mick Beale. Uh, he won't be changing their uber-attacking style. Uh, they've got a seriously attack-minded squad. And even though they actually don't have any strikers uh, in terms of number nines in particularly strong form, Joe Bellingham, whether you consider him a nine or a ten or an eight or whatever, uh, that's where he's been recently. And, and he has been getting some pretty good chance as well. So Sunderland Coventry, the first leg. Plymouth, Birmingham, uh, the second, uh, pretty short price at 1.6, but I think it, it's, uh, yeah, this is kind of my, my banker of the three. It'll be an emotional day at home park with Stephen Schumacher having left uh, Plymouth for Stoke City. Uh, and I don't see there being a huge amount of change in, in the style of play. I don't see how that could possibly be the case, given that there probably won't be a new manager in charge by Saturday, uh, and given that it, it's you know it's internal staff who are taking the match. Um, and Birmingham are a good fit for that, because under Rooney, they are playing like pretty roller coaster football. They are, you know, it's, it's almost like watching a tightrope walker, watching Birmingham try and build out from the back at the moment, because... Rooney's obsessed with them doing it. They don't have particularly comfortable ball players at the back. Mark Roberts in particular looks very shaky um, and they are very, very vulnerable at the back. But you can say the same for Argyle as well, who win a lot of home games, but still do concede quite a lot of goals. Two at home to Rotherham last week. So um, both going for the win here. I think that plays into our hands. Plymouth, Birmingham, the second leg of the BTTS sixfold. And then Northampton, Oxford. Uh, you've been pretty strong recently on, on Oxford defensively. Looking much leakier. James Beadle having to dig the team out of quite a few holes over the last month or so. And Northampton have been pretty decent going forward. Uh, they've scored in 11 of their last 14 league games. They've actually taken more open play shots and have a slightly higher XG than Oxford. We know that Oxford have a lot of good individual players. Uh, last week it was Brannigan, McGuane, Rodriguez, Mills, all starring, um, always a goal threat as well. Uh, only three clean sheets, Northampton, in their last 16 games. So uh, I like those three, my BTTS trio, Sunderland, Coventry, Plymouth, Birmingham and Northampton, Oxford. You are my ones? Yeah. Fair enough. Um, we need them. <coughs> Reading against Wigan is my first one. Reading's home form generally pretty good, but with their very young defensive partnership and Wigan also another side who defensively look pretty ropey at the moment. This feels to me, having watched Reading at home recently in the one-all draw, um, certainly with, with Smith and Nibs, Another key attacking players back. They do look good going forward, but their games are, are fairly crazy. We know Ruben Sellers likes to press aggressively, and I think this will be a, a fairly end-to-end -end game. Reading also not very good at defending a lead, um, which for BTCS is quite handy if they do go ahead. Uh, Barnsley Stevenage, my next one. I think Barnsley are, are generally um, a pretty safe bet when it comes to BTTS, especially at home. We know that Neil Collins sets his team up to be uber attacking, um, and in Stevenage, you've got Steve Evans side who yes they are very good defensively generally but I think will offer um, a pretty stern test of what Barnsley are about in terms of their own attacking uh, options I think four to five is a, a big price for BTTS here I think basically any Barnsley game should probably be a bit shorter than that at home and finally Grimsby Harrogate where uh, 20 to 23 is the price here two teams who I think have basically completely changed the way they're playing in recent weeks Grimsby under um, the new manager, David Artell, looking to um, play in a much more exuberant way, which again lends itself to this. But Harrogate's 
performances in the last couple of weeks have really stepped up, especially from an attacking standpoint. Beat Notts County 3-1 last time out. Um, still not the best defensively. They never have been under Simon Weaver, but we know that at their best under Weaver, they are an end-to-end side who score a lot of goals. And I think we're starting to see that come. It's a game that I'm going to be at, so I hope I'm right. And there are plenty of goals as well. So Reading Wigan, Barnsley Stevenage, Grimsby Harrogate are my three. Festive picks in the EFL. My nap is Hull City to beat Bristol City at 17 to 10. My next best is Cheltenham, draw no bet, 31 to 22.55. Draw no bet with the Betfair Sportsbook. And my goal scorer is Kean Spence of Barrow at uh, Crew. And my long shot is Brad Potts anytime for Preston against Swansea. Quite a few of these are Friday night games, so please be aware of that. And sorry if you're listening to this on Saturday morning, but we didn't have a huge amount of choice on Saturday. Uh, George, what about you? Cheltenham on my nap at 5-2, to two, going to Carlisle. Salford, my next best at 2-1, to one, uh, going to Colchester. Scott Twine anytime. That's got a nice ring to it. 4-1. Yes. Uh, to one. Um, for Hull Gassana Habme to score two or more goals at 13-1 to for Cambridge is my long shot the BTTS sixfold is Sunderland Coventry uh, Plymouth Birmingham Northampton Oxford Reading Wigan Barnsley Stevenage and Grimsby Harrogate just just under 27 to 1 thank you so much guys for listening to us on the betting show uh, this week and always uh, we will be back again at some point in the midst of Yuletide who knows when for a betting show um, and uh, make sure that you're subscribed to this feed so that you get it as soon as it drops hope you have a a fantastic uh, weekend and Christmas period uh, and we'll talk to you again soon go out